It's time for Tim. The Tim Weisberg Show on 1420 WBSM and streaming live on WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message through the WBSM app. And now, WBSM's big gun, Tim Weisberg. And good morning. Welcome into the program. Happy Wednesday to you. Hope it is starting off well. And uh, we have a lot that we can talk about today. Coming up in the 11 o'clock hour, we will be joined by New Bedford Mayor John Mitchell for Midweek with the Mayor, where we will talk with him about things happening in the city, and we will also take your phone calls for him. And, of course, we'll take your phone calls anytime during the program, 508-996-0500. We'll also take your app chat messages on the WBSM app. We will take your open line voicemails on the WBSM app. So you can, you can uh, send in your thoughts in a variety of ways. We try to have it so that you can be interactive with the program, even if you can't necessarily call in. And that's uh, what I love about the WBSM app is that you can stay connected. I mean, listen, hey, I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes the hosts are hosting the show and I'm texting them something. Something that, the you know something that they need to know, something maybe breaking news, maybe uh, there's a story up that I want them to be aware of. could be a variety of things. You send them a text, they might not see it. You know, if I text their phones, they might not see it. I send them an app chat message, they see it right away. So that's the, the beauty of the technology that we have here is that, uh, you know, we're engaged in it as well. We're going to drag Barry. We're going to drag him into it kicking and screaming at some point. But, um, but everybody else is, uh, is utilizing the app features to be able to, uh, to get you to be interactive with us. So one thing that I want to point out, first of all, I'm working on a, a pretty interesting local story that I, I don't, and again, it's, it's, nothing, it's nothing breaking news. It's nothing earth shattering. Uh, but I, I found it fascinating. When... I went out with my friends, Stephanie and Scott, on Sunday. They wanted to film content for their, for their Patreon. And you know, they've, got, um, they've got a TV show debuting in the fall. And so as part of that, well, sometime later this year, I can't say for sure exactly when, but I'm just assuming because that's when new shows come out. But the, um, they've got this new program coming out, and they need to, you know, have extra stuff, extra content, because when the show comes out, people are going to be interested and people are going to want to know more and learn more. So we're out filming some things on Sunday. And plus, you know, they've, they've built this, this following of people on, on social media that are looking for more content. So I went out with them and we filmed some stuff and we went to a place that I didn't even know existed. The Lakeville Sailor's Home Tower which is on the Heritage Hill Golf Course. Well, uh, it's the Back Nine Club now. Used to be Heritage Hill. My in-laws lived one street away from that 
for like 20 years. And I never knew that that was there. I never knew that it was up there. I, I probably have walked around that area. I don't know why I didn't notice it. But I had no idea what it was about. In all my readings of local history, it had never come up. So yesterday, I spent uh, a good amount of time on the phone with the president of the Lakeville Historical Society, learning all about it. And uh, it, 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 on its very surface, it's a water tower. That's what it was built for. It was built to be a water tower for the sailor's home that never got built. But it has so much more of an interesting history about that and, and even a bit of a controversial one. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write about that and I'll give you all the information that I have. I just have a few more sources I'm trying to seek out for some information. And, uh, and then we'll see where those conversations bring us. But it, it, should be, it should be up later on today, I would think. And you can check that out. Again, I found it to be absolutely fascinating for something that seemed like such a, such a uh, nondescript thing. I mean, it's still pretty cool. Like having a stone tower there is pretty cool. But if you find out, well, it was just really built to be the base of a water tower, eh, it loses some of the mystique. But it seems like some of the mystique might be there. So looking forward to talking about that with you. And then also real quick, if um, if you didn't see the story already at WBSM.com and on the app, yesterday I shared the story of WWE legend John Cena. If you missed this news, and I don't know how you could have, it was all over all the local news stations. You know the Kowloon restaurant, the famous Chinese restaurant on Route 1 in Saugus. The Kowloon is a favorite place of all of the WWE wrestlers. It became that way because they were always open late. And also the Wong family are wrestling fans. So they would always be willing to stay open late for, for the WWE wrestlers and get them their own private area to sit and eat and have a drink and relax. So they've, it's been a relationship that's gone on for decades. And John Cena, in addition to being a WWE superstar... Grew up in West Newbury, Massachusetts, a half an hour from the Kowloon. So I'm sure when his family wanted to go out for Chinese food, they went to the Kowloon. So at WrestleMania 39, Cena came out to wrestle Austin Theory, the U.S. champion, in the opening match of, of, of the whole event. And he was wearing Nike Air Force Ones that were hand-painted as a tribute to the Kowloon. There's an artist named Sway who partnered with the Kowloon and made 100 pairs of the first run of these Kowloon sneakers. Now, if you're not familiar, custom Nikes are a thing. I think Nike tried to crack down on it at the beginning, but then realized, what are we going to do? But people will take Nike Air Force Ones and paint them up with different designs, and then sell them. One of our interns here did it. And you would think, yeah, Nike's going to have a problem with it. Nike's going to shut them down. But I think they've accepted the fact that this is just helping their brand stay relevant. Helping their brand have a new avenue for sales. And I don't know how much Sway is paying for these Air Force Ones, 
but they're generally, I would think you can get a pair of Nike sneakers for between 65 and 100 bucks, you know, base, base level. I wear Nike sneakers exclusively. I got myself uh, into a bit of a pickle because a few years ago I bought my first pair of real Jordans and now I only really want to wear Jordans. But I'm also smart about it and I go to the Nike outlet and buy them on clearance. So instead of going out and buying, you know, a $200 pair of Jordans, I go and I buy them for, uh, I think the ones I'm wearing right now, I paid 50 bucks for. And to me, 50 bucks is a, is a good investment for a pair of sneakers. A hundred bucks to me is a good investment for a pair of sneakers because I'm going to wear them for five or six years. I don't have multiple pairs of sneakers, although in this, at this particular time, I do have multiple pairs of Jordans because I kept going to the outlet and kept finding them on clearance. So I think I have like five different pairs right now that probably cost me a total of $200. But anyway, so you can get those sneakers for, you know, I guess I would guess between 75 and 100 bucks. And they were selling these hand-painted versions of them for $100. So it wasn't like the artist was making a ton of profit. And I think it was more just a, a cool way to pay tribute to the Kowloon. So Cena wore his Kowloon sneakers to the ring for WrestleMania 39 and he lost his match, but the sneakers made headlines. And so yesterday, Andy Wong, the owner of the Kowloon, posted a story, uh, posted a um, post on social media, photos of Cena had signed the sneakers. He had written a note on a card and he sent it to Andy. So I'm, I'm, I'm suspecting that they might have sent the sneakers to Andy. I mean, uh, they might have sent the sneakers to Cena rather than him just jumping on it and buying them. But um, I didn't ask Andy that when I was talking to him yesterday. You can read the story at WBSM.com and on the app. And I spoke, I spoke to Andy via text and I was able to get some, some, uh, some quotes from him on it. And you can check it out. It's just a cool thing, especially because, you know, there's stories that the Kowloon might not be around that much longer. I don't know if that's necessarily true because the, the plan is that they're going to downsize. And I think by downsizing, what they really mean is they could sell off half the parking lot. It would still make it hard to, to park there because it, it fits a lot of people inside. But the next generation doesn't want to take it over. So who knows what's going to happen with it? The land is more valuable than the restaurant at this point because of the real estate prices on Route 1. But I think you're still a, a ways away from, from losing the ability to go to the Kowloon. I haven't been since, what, Father's Day last year. So it's, I'm probably due for another visit. It, was it Father's Day? I might have been there by myself. I went with my son on Father's Day, but I might have been there by myself since then. But uh, anyway, check that story out, especially if you are a Kowloon fan. Read it. Share it around. Just show everybody that John Cena is a pretty good guy. Of course, uh, he's well known as being the number one wish granter of all time for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Uh, he, uh, from my understanding, he never says no. If somebody, if there's a child who meeting John Cena is their wish, he finds a way to make it happen. And I've, I've interviewed him one time. I was telling Phil Devitt, our digital managing editor of this story, I interviewed him one time via phone when his rap album came out. 
And I thought that, you know, I had an in to kind of be the icebreaker for the conversation because we we have a mutual friend. A friend of mine from high school uh, went to college with Cena and played football with him, and they were both on the offensive line. So, you know, they, they were they were pretty close. And so I said, you know, you know my friend Bundy. He's like, oh, yeah, I love Bundy. Yeah, yeah. Tell him I said, oh, yeah. So, and, and I thought that was the icebreaker. But during the course of the discussion, John Cena got kind of rude with me. And I had to, like, say, hey, man, like, I'm just trying to help you out here, like, writing an, uh, an article about your album. Like, I don't, I don't need to write this article if, if, if it's a problem for you to answer my questions. And then he apologized. And he was like, oh, man, I'm sorry. I've just been running, running crazy, you know, because the WWE schedule is, is insane. And then he's adding concerts on top of that. And, and I was like, no, no, I get it. I get it. But, and then after that, he was just the nicest person. And I've come to know his dad a little bit over the years because his dad is actually the commissioner for or was the commissioner for a New Bedford-based wrestling promotion. House of Bricks, which I worked with for a number of years as their ring announcer, existed solely for charitable events. They didn't make any profit off the shows they put on. They were all fundraisers. And it was a way for, for Brickhouse Baker, who founded the, the, the company, along with Jordan, the, the two of them would utilize that as a way to kind of train up-and-coming young wrestlers and give them a chance to perform in front of a crowd and work with some of the veterans. And uh, they were always great shows. And so because of the charitable endeavors, you know, John, John Cena Sr. was willing to come down, drive from West Newbury to New Bedford and be the commissioner and make these appearances. So there were many times that, that uh, John Cena Sr. and I were in, in the ring together. And uh, we've got photos together, photos of us posing with the belts together. <laughs> he was just a super guy. So I can see where where his son gets it. Anyway, 508-996-0500. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to update you on the topic that Barry was discussing yesterday because he was talking about uh, an eighth grade teacher at the Old Rochester Junior High who posted to social media something that certainly Barry took issue with and uh, a number of callers did as well. And uh, there's been some developments in that story. So I will update you on that when we come back in just a few moments. 508-996-0500. Or hit us up on App Chat or Open Line on the WBSM app. Back in 508-996-0500. Good morning. You are on WBSM. Hi, Tim. Good morning. I have a question. I know off and on this, mo- this morning on um, Bill's show, they were talking about that uh, gentleman, Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. Did they ever find him? Uh, I don't know. Phil said that uh, Phil didn't really have an update to, to offer on that. He said he was going to try to find out some more. Okay. But I don't, right. I, don't, I don't know any more than that either, unfortunately. I know at one time he said he was going to Las Vegas. I wonder if he stood there. <laughs> I don't know. I have, a, I have a friend out there in Vegas, Lamone, who knows everybody. So he calls in the spooky South Coast every week and talks our ear off. So maybe I can see if he, he, hear, if he heard anything out there. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks. Have a good day. 
508-996-0500, or you can call us, uh, I'm sorry, or you can text us using app chat on the WBSM app. Uh, you can also um, send an open vo- open line voicemail message. I don't know why I'm stumbling over my words today. But yes, it's, 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 a, it's a dangerous thing to have happen in this job. But uh, you, can, you can open up your app. You can hit app chat to text us. You can hit open line and then record uh, a recorded message that we can play on the air. Please keep both suitable for air. You know, just the same way I would expect you to be adult about the conversation on a phone call, please do the same thing. Wait, I shouldn't have said be adult because that means you might use some words that you shouldn't use. Be, uh, be mature. <laughs> be professionally responsible. Be broadcast ready. And, uh, and we'll play it on the show. And just, of course, a, a, um, a heads up on that. You know, I do need to screen it ahead of time, so it's, it's probably not something that we'll get on instantly. It'll probably be like after the next commercial break. But those great features and so much more on the WBSM app brought to us by our friends at South Coast Towing. So yesterday, if you heard Barry's program, and if you didn't, you can catch the podcast on, uh, on WBSM's website on our app. And then also via any place that you get podcasts. You heard him talking about a, a teacher at Old Rochester Junior High School, Greg Andre, who put out a tweet that had caused some concern among some community members. And they, that's how it ended up in, in Barry's hands. And, uh, and he talked about it on the program yesterday. He took some phone calls on it. He spoke to a, a Joe Pyers from the uh, Old, Old Rochester School Committee. And the original tweet that Greg Andre had put out was, and I'll, I'll read it to you, for those book-banning bigots, there is nothing short of erasure of BIPOC and LGBTQ people that will appease them. There is nothing short of rewriting history that will make them happy. So, F it. Make them miserable. And uh, just if if you're not familiar with the BIPOC term, it's uh, black indigenous people of color. So it's a term that has been created to cover a group of minorities. So black people, native people, uh, people who may be from of Asian descent, people who might be of uh, South American descent. So it's kind of enveloping. The, that group of minorities. That's what BIPOC means, just in case you weren't familiar with the term. So for those book-banning bigots, there is nothing short of erasure of BIPOC and LGBTQ people that will appease them. There is nothing short of rewriting history that will make them happy. So F it, make them miserable. That's what he tweeted yesterday. And I listened to Barry's program. Uh, I actually didn't get a chance to listen to it live as it was happening because I had some meetings and some other things I was working on, but I went back last night and listened to it. And... It did strike me that the callers and and even Barry's reaction to this was that this guy shouldn't be around children. That that this guy is is not entitled to. Well, I mean, the argument would be that he that they were making was he has the right to have this opinion, but he shouldn't be around children because he made that opinion public. And, you know, not to throw Barry under the bus here, but, but Barry was actually saying, like, should this guy lose his job? 
over putting his opinion out on the internet. Now, I don't remember anybody from that side of things questioning whether or not Sean Oliver should have to lose his job as a New Bedford City Councilor because of the memes that he put out, because of the things he put on social media. No, no, no. The argument then, when people like myself were saying, do you not understand why people that are in that community, within our own community, people who are LGBTQ or some of these other you know, women, some of these other groups that would have been insulted by the things that he posted and offended by them, why... Why aren't you listening to their concerns about it? And well, well, he's entitled to have his opinion. So what? He shared some memes on social media. Okay. Well, Greg Andre is entitled to his opinion. And he shared a post on Twitter. He didn't stand up in front of a classroom and say this. He put it on Twitter. Which, by the way... If you're not familiar with, and I, I, give, I give Barry a pass on this because he, he avoids Twitter, which he's, he's smart to do. But Twitter is a cesspool. It, it does have a lot of good uses. I mean, I use it to promote things that, I, you know, I put my articles on there. And, you know, if I'm doing ghost events and stuff, I'll, I'll promote those on there. It, it, it can be a helpful tool in that regard. But if you're going to be involved in everyday conversation... On Twitter, you start to realize that people do just say whatever they want. And they do put out what they call hot takes. And there's no edit button on Twitter. So once you put it out, your choice is to leave it out there as is or to delete it. So there, so, and, and even Barry said, well, they, you know, he could have this opinion, but he could have put it a different way. That he didn't have to come out and immediately refer to those who are concerned about having certain books in the school as book-banning bigots. I, um, I, I can't say that I disagree with Greg Andre. The argument that was being made yesterday was nobody wants to ban books. They just want to keep them out of a school library. That's, that's banning a book. That's saying that you don't think that that book should be available to those students who could benefit from that book. And by the way, at least in Old Rochester, that attempt lost. Those books are remaining in the library. The school committee felt like they belonged in the library. The school committee that the people of the Tri-Town elected to oversee such things decided that they belong in the library and that Students of a certain age should have access to them. They're not in the elementary school library. So Greg Andre caught wind of this. Now, I had reached out to him. I know Barry had tried to find him. Uh, of course, you know, he's not on Twitter. So it wasn't, it's, it's a little bit easier for me to reach out to him because I'm on Twitter. Um, so I reached out to him and I sent him a message and I asked him if, you know, he. I said, listen, they were talking about you today on the radio. Uh, the, the host, the, the callers took issue with your tweet. I would like you to come on and explain why you feel that way. And by the way, I might not necessarily agree with how you put out the take, but I definitely agree with your concern. So he tweeted out, 
Uh, my Twitter has been the subject of a local radio show. Turns out people who are banning books hate to be called bigots. That's on me, my bad. Unbiased good people, stop trying to ban books about LGBTQ and BIPOC people. It makes you look like bigots. This is, this is an, you know, an apology disguised as a, 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 no, an attack disguised as an apology. Every book that has been the subject of challenges in my district or have been casually attacked have been books by or about BIPOC or LGBTQ people or donated by a local anti-racism organization. My fault for seeing bigotry when it was just, I guess, a coincidence. And that is the key point here. Everybody has zeroed in on the genderqueer book, which, you know, calling it pornography, because I know, I know none of you have read it. I know none of you have actually bothered to look at the book and see what's in it, as I have. It, it, it literally took me 30 minutes. I didn't even have to go out and buy it. I, I just, I have an online, you know, I have the, uh, the sales library card and I was able to borrow the book digitally and read it. And it took me about a half an hour. It's a graphic novel. And I don't mean graphic as in it's a novel that has graphic depictions of things. It, I mean, it's like a comic book. Graphic novel is a term we came up with in the 80s to make us feel better about the fact that we were reading giant comic books. We were calling them literature. They are literature. I'm, I'm being facetious. But graphic novels are um, a visual storytelling medium. And there is one particular scene where there are two, at the time, both identifying as female. They were biological females who were exploring their sexual identity, exploring their, you know, what, what, what they feel is their, their true gender and sexual orientation. So they were going through this exploration process and they were in trying to have a relationship with each other and trying to be intimate. Now, the whole point of this, this, this graphic novel is that the author decides... There is no sexual orientation for the author. That they are just, I shouldn't say they, it's not the pronouns that the author uses, but still the, the author feels that the author is asexual. And that that's okay. That some people are asexual. This is a thing that, that people don't understand necessarily because many of us have a biological drive toward sex. Some of us have that drive. Some of us have it because of, I guess, the natural inclination to want to pro procreate. Some of us because we crave the intimacy of it. Some of us because we crave the control of the situation. Whatever it might be. But there are also people that don't want anything to do with it, that it just doesn't interest them. It doesn't necessarily repulse them, but it's just not their, their thing. It's just not what drives them. They don't have a sex drive. And that's what it means to be asexual. 
it, it, it's, it's not even on your radar. You can still have intimacy with somebody without having to have intercourse. It's like what they told us in health class. You know, they would give you that pamphlet, 101 ways to make love without having sex. Oh, you didn't get that? Because I did. And so that's what the, the book is about, the author's journey to discover that. And in this one particular scene, it's two biological females trying to figure out the dynamic of their relationship and how to be intimate with each other before eventually realizing that they, they don't need to in that way to be, you know, sexually intimate. And so one character takes a fake phallus and then the other character performs fellatio on that fake phallus. It's not two boys teaching each other how to do that. It, it describes how they are forcing themselves to try to attempt to have some type of intercourse that neither one of them wants, that neither one of them understands or, 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 or craves, but they're trying to find a way to make their relationship fit into what people expect them to do in a relationship. Well, I guess we're, you know, if, if we're really in love with each other, I, I guess we, we have to have sex, but, but I, I don't really want to and I, I don't even know how we would do it. So let's try this. And the whole point of the scene is not to teach children, here's how you perform fellatio. The point of the scene is to say, you don't need to do this. And to actually make it look kind of silly that you even felt that you had to try. It's actually a message that abstinence is okay. That you can make love without having sex. That's, that's what the point of it is. But nobody's read that, so they don't, they don't actually know the context. And they're mischaracterizing what's seen there, partly out of ignorance, but partially out of the way they're characterizing it fits the agenda of wanting it out of the, out of the library a lot more than to say, oh, here's this scene where they're basically saying it's okay not to have sex because look at how ridiculous it is when you try to uh, mold yourself into it just because society expects that that's what you do in a relationship. So that is the point of it. So Greg Andrews tweet, every book that has been the subject of challenges in my district or have been casually attacked have been books by or about BIPOC or LGBTQ people or donated by a local anti-racism organization. My fault for seeing bigotry when it was just, I guess, a coincidence. Now, that's just that one particular book that people have zeroed in on. The other books, the other novels are novels that are about black people and about their their struggles in the world. I haven't read them. I've read synopsises of them online because I just don't have time to read novels. And if I do start one, I usually end up putting it down, lose interest, and don't go back to it for six months and then have to start over. And so it's just, I used to read a novel a week. And it's just not something that fits into my, my time anymore. I wish it did. I wish I had time to, to, stick, to do it and stick with it. But I, I just don't. So... 
and this is uh, continuing Greg Andrews uh, Twitter thread here. So this is my sincere apology to the book banning people who I mistakenly called bigots. Sometimes I see patterns in behavior and draw conclusions that are mistaken. My fault. Apologies. So he's turning it around on the people who are in arms about this. Yeah, I called you a bigot. Sorry if that offended you, but prove to me how you're not a bigot by feeling this way. And, and that's a fair thing to ask. I know you say, well, you know, how do you, how do you prove a negative? But in this particular case, what he's saying is when you are against things that are representations of these people, you need to explain that you are not against those people just because you were against those representations. And I feel like some of the attempts, especially by Joe Pyers, to rationalize and say, well, you know, I, I really believe that everybody should feel the way that they want to feel and they can love who they want to love and everybody, I just don't want it in the school. And if, as we had the students on, we had Alia and Bella on the program telling us when they hear that, what they hear is we don't want you in the school. So you've got to do something so that they understand that that's not the case. The same thing that happened with the Sean Oliver memes, that when they saw that people in power in the school system, in the city were standing by and not saying anything and speaking out against that, then they felt, well, what, what do, do you not, do you feel the same way about us? So, that's the, the issue at hand here. 508-996-0500. Got to take a break. Be back in a few. Don't look now. Things just got worse. I'm drunk again. I swear this crescent is just a curse. I got here I killed off all my friends I think I figured out my life begins When fun ends, I got my wings I'm free to go as I please Yeah, I got my wings Now nothing really pleases me till everything and welcome back in 508-996-0500 if you want to join in in the conversation uh also app chat on the wbsm app and the open line feature where you can leave a voicemail as well and uh we are certainly going to uh continue discussing this for sure uh we will we will probably get uh into some different topics so with mayor mitchell in the 11 o'clock hour and uh, one of the things that we can discuss with him is because we did run out of time a little bit last week. Uh, we, we were in the final closing moments of the hour, and we didn't really get to address fully the issue of the uh, senior centers being closed down. I mean, obviously, we've talked about that, but there was a particular question that a caller had regarding an individual that was an employee of the senior centers and um, who they the caller said that that was the reason why seniors had stopped going. So... I, I don't want to feel like we were avoiding that that topic, 
but uh, we'll try and work it into the conversation again with Mayor Mitchell today because we did run out of time. It was li- literally just we had like 30 seconds left for him to answer. Um, so what we will also talk about, too, is whatever is on your mind. You'll be able to call in at 508-996-0500 and speak to him. And, of course, we talked yesterday with Ward 3 City Councilor Sean Oliver about the C-Click Fix app and how you can utilize that to report different things going on in the city, maybe uh, uh, potholes, uh, problems with the street, streets that need to be swept, signs that are taken down, overgrown trees, things like that. So I think I might have to just start asking when you call into the mayor and you say you want to talk to him about a certain overgrown tree or uh, you know some of these other issues people call in, I might have to say, well, do you have the app? <laughs> Make sure you download the C-Click Fix app. Uh, and also download it anyway because it is your uh, your portal into a lot of things that go on with the city. So um, uh, I'm working on trying to write that up too and have that available for you to read at WBSM.com and on the app with a link into it so that you'll be able to just click on the link to download or at least bring you over to the city page to download it. But you can find it in your, in your app stores, the C-Click Fix app. And, uh, and I think once you check it out and you download it and you look at it, you'll see that it's, it is a very valuable app to have if you are a resident of New Bedford. Speaking of New Bedford, that's the home of Precision Window and Kitchen, where for over 35 years they have been out there taking care of the big jobs, like a full bathroom or full kitchen remodel, replacing every window in your home, updating and upgrading all your entry doors. They can do all of those big jobs, but they also do the small jobs that other companies just won't do. They will come, instead of walking into your house and seeing that there's one busted pane of glass in the window, and instead of saying, well, you know, got to take that whole window out, they'll just repair that one broken pane of glass. You know, in those 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 divided windows there. Uh, maybe, maybe you need to have your screens repaired because maybe you're like me and you, uh, you don't take them in in the wintertime. You just leave them up and... Then you wonder why in the springtime they're all ripped up. Well, then they'll come and replace those as well. And they will come to you and they will take the part that needs to be repaired. If they don't do it right there on the site, they'll bring it home, uh, bring it back to their, their shop. They'll replace it. They'll fix it. Then they'll bring it back to your home and they'll replace it, put it back in so that you don't have to worry about screwing up what they already fixed, which is another problem that I have. It's funny. I used to bring my lawnmower to have it repaired. And the, the guy would fix it all up and he'd get it working great. And I'd go to pick it up and he would say, is there anything else I can do for you? And I said, yeah, will you come and mow my lawn so I don't screw it up again? And it's the same thing with me when I was putting in the screens or anything like that. Screen doors. Oh, that was the bane of my existence, having to put in screen doors. But I don't have to worry about it anymore because Precision Window and Kitchen will handle it all. And you can check them out online at precisionwindowandkitchen.com, precisionwindowandkitchen.com. And welcome back in. We have about a minute before we go into the news. Caller, you are next on WBSM. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. I got only two questions for you, okay? Sure. I got about 45 seconds, so I'll try to get to them. All right. I'm not going to be able to listen to you guys because I'm going to be in the program, but I'm going to ask you... Can you tell me what they're going to do with the the police station over here up on um, near where where Sean Diner from where that police station is up the new one, the old one over here? Okay, I'll see if I can ask the mayor about that. Sure. Okay, and my next question is right where Builder Nineteen is. Where are they going to be 
doing with the Builder 19 lot. All right, we'll see if we can get an update on that as well. Okay, because them are the two important things that I, I'm going to try to address because a lot of people need places to live or they need a place where they can go shopping and stuff like that, especially with the elderly, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. All right, I will uh, write those down and I will pose those to the mayor.